Well, I get the honor of sharing with you all today. Um, yeah, thanks. <laughs> um, but I'm going to share with you today about a sound of victory, a sound of joy, a sound of high praise that I believe is going to erupt from this place. And I believe this victory sound is going to be a part of every believer's life who grabs hold of this prophetic word today that God turns our sorrows into joy. We are stepping into a time of turning. God is going to turn things around for you. It is a time of breakthrough. It is a time of restoration and healing. I don't often have prophetic visions to share with you, but I do today. I believe that Holy Spirit is continuing to confirm this season of the miraculous, this season of miracles that we are stepping into. So I'd like to begin by sharing a couple of scriptures, the first one in Philippians 4.4, which says, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. And Romans 15.13, which says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The message version of that verse says, Oh, may the God of green hope fill you up with joy, fill you up with peace, so that your believing lives, filled with the life-giving energy of the Holy Spirit, will brim over with hope. Some 200 times, Scripture tells us to rejoice. Paul told the Philippians to rejoice always. God's Word speaks joy to us. The Holy Spirit leads us into revelation and truth, which sets our hearts ablaze with joy. Joy is the ability to be content, believing that God is working all things for our good. There are many verses in the Bible that give us great reasons to be full of joy. Deuteronomy 12.7 says, Rejoice, for the Lord has blessed you. Zechariah 9.9, Rejoice, for your king is coming to you. Luke 10.20, Rejoice, for your name is recorded in heaven. 1 Samuel 2.1, Rejoice in your salvation. Luke 1.47, Rejoice in God your Savior. And Psalm 68.3, Rejoice with gladness. Psalm 30 through 21 says, For our heart rejoices in him because we trust in his holy name. Many times throughout scripture, we are also exhorted to shout joyfully or to shout for joy. Psalms 98.4 says, Shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth, break forth and sing for joy and sing praises. Recently, Apostle Tim has been sharing visions and prophetic words that have previously been given, but they are words and visions that have now come into their due season. Several years ago, I shared a vision I received here at the Oasis, and recently it just keeps coming to my mind. It is a vision I believe is now due, it's coming to its moment, and I believe that Holy Spirit has been reminding me about it so I can continue to pray about it. I have been preparing for today's message for the past several weeks. I knew I was going to be sharing about this vision today, but just this past week, I received an email from someone who was here when I originally shared this vision seven years ago. She has also been reminded of it and praying about it. 
So that was a definite confirmation to me that this prophetic vision is being emphasized for now. She obviously had no idea that I was going to be speaking and sharing about this vision today. We have been hearing a lot about this being a season and a time of notable miracles. It's miracle season. It's time for great healings. And I want to share this vision with you this morning and some fresh insights I believe Holy Spirit has given me. We used to gather together here on Wednesday evenings for extended prayer time, and I had this vision during one of those nights. In the vision, I had parked in the back parking lot, which is up by the church offices, and I walked in through that upstairs door. And I heard what sounded like a roar coming from the sanctuary. The noise was so loud, it was almost deafening, and it also sounded extremely joyous. I could tell that it was such a joyous, happy roar, a joyous, happy sound. So I walked down the stairs, and I came in through the stage door, and I looked around the sanctuary and just took it all in. This place was filled with people, and they were all shouting victory shouts, uh, loud exclamations of praise. They were just expressing joy. And I noticed that no one was leading this from the stage. There wasn't anyone leading the crowd of people or telling everyone, shout to the Lord or give him praise. It just seemed to be a total spontaneous thing that was happening. It also appeared as if it had been going on for a while and that it wasn't going to stop anytime soon. I wondered what had started it. Why was everyone so happy? And my eyes drifted to the back of the sanctuary, and I noticed that all the doors leading into the sanctuary were propped open. And that's kind of unusual here, so I started walking that way towards the open doors. I went out through the doors into the foyer, and I saw the parking lot. And the parking lot was not filled with cars. Instead, it was filled with empty wheelchairs. I mean, every inch of the parking lot was absolutely filled. So immediately I knew that the people rejoicing had been healed. And their praise and their sound could not be contained over what God had done. I also knew in that moment that the empty wheelchairs represented God healing those people. And the sickness, the disease, the ailment, whatever had caused them to be bound to a wheelchair was being thrown out like the chairs, completely gone. I also understood in this vision that it didn't just mean that God had healed people who couldn't walk and were bound to a wheelchair, but it represented the complete and total healing of those people, the fact that the wheelchairs were no longer needed. So in that instant, I knew that miraculous healings of all types had occurred. The wheelchair was just a symbol of what had been thrown out. In other words, addictions were thrown out like chairs. Sin that had people bound had been thrown out. Cancer was thrown out. Sickness, disease, thrown out. Heart wounds, soul wounds were thrown out. So this sound coming from the sanctuary was a sound of rejoicing of those who had been healed, restored, delivered, and set free. It was a sound of high praise, a sound of those who had been healed and redeemed and were rejoicing mightily. I fully believe we have already stepped into this season of the miraculous, a season where the healing anointing is so great and so heavy, the atmosphere is thick with the weighty presence of God.
And because of this time we are seeing of great and mighty miracles, we are also stepping into a season of rejoicing, a season of joy, a season of high praise that can't be contained, a season where the sound of victory is going to erupt from us and from this place and from the body of Christ. Recently, during one of my devotional times at home, I started singing out these words and just started singing, this will end in victory, no other way that it can be. You're the king of glory, God almighty, and you're not writing a sad story. As I sang that over and over, that was just my way of decreeing over a certain situation and choosing joy and hope over any despair or sadness. God is not writing a sad story about you or your life. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. In Exodus 15, we read the song of Moses and Miriam as they celebrated God opening up the Red Sea and delivering the Jewish people from Pharaoh and his armies. Verses 1 through 3 say, I'm singing my heart out to God. What a victory. He pitched horse and rider into the sea. God is my strength, God is my song, and yes, God is my salvation. This is the kind of God I have, and I'm telling the world. They could not contain their praise, their sound, over what God had done. God took an absolutely impossible situation and turned it around for Israel. The horse and the rider had been thrown into the sea. They would never see those enemies that had pursued them ever again. God blew his mighty wind and shifted and changed everything. We hear often about a new sound emerging in the body of Christ. As a musician and a songwriter, I am always thinking about that sound musically. Like, what is the new sound? How should I be writing? How can I tap into this? And I believe Holy Spirit is shedding some light and understanding on this to me that the new sound doesn't necessarily have to be musical. Now, it can be, and it will be at times, but what I'm hearing from Holy Spirit is that the sound for this season will be this sound of joy, a sound of victory, a sound of high praise, a sound of celebration. It won't be the horse and the rider will be thrown into the sea, but rather an acknowledgement of the victory already won. We are shifting into a victory sound as never before, acknowledging that the battle has been won. We can also release a sound of victory that drives confusion into the camp of the enemy, just as it did with Jehoshaphat in 2 Chronicles 20.20. 20. It says, as they praise God, saying, for he is good and his mercy endures forever, the Lord sent ambushes against the enemy. So much happens from the sound that comes from us. Now, I want to take a closer look at the song of Moses and Miriam in Exodus 15. Throughout this redemption story, it is clear that the Lord has protected Israel while he has judged and frustrated Egypt. After the many wonders before the Passover and the miraculous guidance by the cloud and the pillar of fire, God destroyed the Egyptian army in the midst of the sea. Reason cannot grasp all that took place that day. When God's covenant people were on the verge of extinction, God stepped in to fight for them. 
No one survived that day except by the miraculous grace of God. So after the passing of the Red Sea, or passing through of the Red Sea, Moses and Miriam began to release a sound of joy and victory that we read earlier. Then in Exodus 15, 11, they continued singing, Who compares with you among gods, O God? Who compares with you in power, in holy majesty, in awesome praises, wonder-working God? And then in verse 20, Miriam begins, says, Miriam the prophetess, Aaron's sister, took a tambourine, and all the women followed her with tambourines dancing. Miriam led them in singing, sing to God, what a victory. He pitched horse and rider into the sea. Miriam was releasing her song and her sound of praise and victory over what God had done. There may be some things going on in your life right now that you need Almighty God to step in and fight for you. Psalm 138, verses 3 through 8 say, The moment I called out, you stepped in. You made my life large with strength. When they hear what you have to say, God, all earth's kings will say, thank you. They'll sing of what you've done, how great the glory of God. And here's why. God high above sees far below. No matter the distance, he knows everything about us. When I walk into the thick of trouble, keep me alive in the angry turmoil. With one hand, strike my foes. With your other hand, save me. Finish what you started in me, God. Your love is eternal. Don't quit on me now. I believe God is stepping in and restoring a song of victory and joy to us in this season. Joy is not simply having a positive attitude or a pleasant emotion. Joy is a state of mind and an orientation of the heart. It is a settled state of contentment, confidence, cheerfulness, and hope. The biblical definition of joy says that joy is a feeling of good pleasure and happiness that is dependent on who Jesus is rather than on who we are or what is happening around us. Joy comes from the Holy Spirit, abiding in God's presence, and from hope in his word. This joy rises above circumstances and focuses on the character of God. The joy experienced by a righteous child of God is produced by the Spirit of God who is working all things together for our good. And this joy causes us to see our future. This is what makes joy different than happiness because happiness is linked with present circumstances, how we're feeling at the time. True joy causes us to rise above present circumstances. So we can be joyful in the good times, and we can be joyful through difficult times of sorrow and loss. We go through so many adverse, trying times as we walk through this world. But Nehemiah 8.10 tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. The original Hebrew for joy in this verse simply means joy or gladness. Strength in the same verse is the Hebrew word meoz, it means a place or means of safety, protection, refuge, or stronghold. The root word of strength means to be strong, to prevail, to make firm, and to strengthen. So the joy of the Lord is a constant gladness and cause to rejoice. It stems from an inner strengthening from our relationship with him. When Jesus died for us, 
he restored us to a peace with God that cannot be undone. Your joy rests on God's joy. John 17, 13 says, But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Fulfill in this verse implies more than just filling to the brim. It is the Greek word pleru, and it means to make full, to fill up, supply liberally, fill to the top so that nothing shall be wanting, to make complete, to render perfect, to bring to realization promises and prophecies. The strength of Jesus perfects our joy, and we will not be found wanting. We don't just do things for the Lord. We live our lives in him, with him, and by his strength. Now, the enemy knows if he can remove your joy, he can remove your strength. One of the meanings of strength is the ability to withstand our next attack. So maintaining strength is key to our spirit-filled life, and it's a key to being filled with his joy. I think one of the most important things I've learned is when going through a difficult time, when the enemy could easily steal your joy or your song, is that you have to submit to God. When you submit to the hand of God, you can withstand the enemy's attack. I won't say how many exactly, but several years ago, on my 30th birthday, uh, my parents and friends had planned an elaborate surprise party for me. So it started my, by me being blindfolded and going to my friend's house, and all my friends were there, and I thought this was the party, and we ate, and we had cake. Uh, but then I was blindfolded again and taken over to my grandma's house. And when I got there, that's where all my family was. And so I thought, okay, this is the party. Uh, but then I was blindfolded for a third time and taken to my parents' house. And that ended up being the final stop where everyone from the previous two houses came. And we ended up celebrating the rest of the evening there together. The thing that no one knew aside from my husband and parents is that the day before the party, excuse me, I had found out I was miscarrying for the third time. So suffice it to say, on the day of the party, I wasn't really in a party mood. But I had already had some time of knowing what was happening. Like I said, it was my third one, so I had experienced it before. And I knew that once again, I was experiencing loss. But I also knew what to do. I knew I had to submit my loss and my pain to God. And it was almost therapeutic in a way to be able to celebrate life at this party, even though I was experiencing loss. And I remember when one of my friends found out she couldn't believe that I was able to celebrate while that was happening. I can't really explain it, and I couldn't explain it to her very well then either, except to say that because the joy of the Lord is my strength, I was able to withstand that trial. And it's not that I wasn't still devastated at the loss of another baby, but I knew the quicker I submitted to the hand of God, the quicker I could resist the devil. And so I chose to submit to God's hand in that circumstance. And that doesn't mean I was submitting to thinking God caused this to happen and that this was his plan, because it was not. But I was submitting my life and times to him because he holds us in his hands and he works all for our good. 
by submitting to God's hand, he gave me the ability, he gave me the strength to overcome the enemy, to not allow the enemy to kill, steal, and destroy my life or my song or my joy. I still had hope because I still had Jesus. I had joy in the midst of sorrow because he is my source of joy, not circumstances. If I've lost hope or I've lost joy, that means I've lost him, and that's simply not going to happen. It's a life lesson that has served me well over the years as life continues to throw curveballs sometimes, as I know we can all attest to. Even when we don't understand what has happened in our lives, in the midst of our loss and then resulting grief, we need to learn to submit quickly to God's greater plan for our lives. When we submit, we stand under, and the concept of submitting is the act of allowing the wing of his goodness and grace to spread over us and shelter us from the accusatory thoughts of the enemy, the fray of the world, the condemnation of our own mistakes. If we always submit our lives to God, then we can resist the roadblocks in our path. Loss can have great benefit when we submit. So we should allow God to work our situations for good and respond to his love, no matter how difficult our circumstances may be. Loss can also turn to joy. In the midst of trauma, God was working out a higher level promise of restoration on our behalf. The joy of the Lord is found on the road to restoration. Loss can produce a great acknowledgement of God within us if we submit to his hand. The incredibly hard things that we go through can truly become some sort of blessing in the hand of the Lord. A sad, unbearable time can become a joy-filled moment when we place that moment in the hand of God. Time then takes a turn, and the harsh memory of pain from the loss of expected joy can now be redeemed. That situation can become a transforming work of grace that can be seen in you for a lifetime. He turns our mourning into dancing. There's a certain level of joy that we would never come to know if we did not experience loss. The Bible is full of references about mourning being turned to joy. Just a few examples, Psalm 30 verses 5 and 11 say, For his anger is but for a moment, his favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. Jeremiah 31, 13 says, For I will turn their mourning to joy, will comfort them and make them rejoice rather than sorrow. And Isaiah 61, 3 says, To console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Sorrow and joy are firmly linked. Perhaps it's because the deeper we experience sorrow, the more capacity we have for joy. I suppose it's similar to hunger. The hungrier we are, the more satisfying a good meal is to us. God knows this. Although we may only see the sorrow and tears of the night, he has planned a bright and beautiful morning full of joy that no one can take from us. He brings a new wind of strength to our spirits. Joy produces the kind of strength we need to move into our next season. 
We must also employ the law of sowing and reaping, and sow from the joy in us, which is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Psalm 126.5 says, Those who sow with tears shall reap with songs of joy. In this psalm, the author used a farming illustration to explain a spiritual truth about our relationship with God. In order to produce a harvest, something must first be sown, a seed. In this verse, tears of repentance over sin were sown and a joy-filled return to the land of Israel was reaped. The psalmist was saying something like, our future joy will not happen without our being involved in the process. No sweat, no sowing of seed, means no harvest. There's an interesting agricultural parallel that still happens today in southern Africa. There are some years when locusts swarm the land and eat all the crops. It has been reported that there are so many flying insects that their bodies block out the sun. When this happens, the next winter is very difficult as food stores are strained. However, at the next harvest, after the year of the locust, something fascinating takes place. The dead bodies of the previous year's locusts serve as fertilizer for the new seeds, which results in huge harvest. Every believer experiences seasons of distress and affliction, which seem to eat away and destroy any spiritual fruit there might be. But the promise of God is that if we sow to the Spirit, we will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. The season that follows a difficult period in our life is often the most abundant time for reaping spiritual fruit for the Lord. I think most would agree that the body of Christ has been in a difficult season. And I would also say individually, many of us have been in a difficult season. But we are stepping into a miraculous season of healings, restorations, redemption, and promises fulfilled. John 16, 16 through 23 is a beautiful passage in which Jesus prophesies his own death and resurrection. Verses 20 through 22 speak directly of the sorrow and joy that the disciples were about to experience. It says, Most assuredly, I say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. And you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. A woman, when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. Therefore, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you. And like the disciples at the crucifixion of Jesus, we may go through intense and even confusing losses. But also, like the disciples at his resurrection, great joy awaits us that no one will be able to take away. Psalm 51.12 says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Our enemy longs to rob us of our joy and get us out of the salvation process. That does not mean that he can steal our salvation by robbing our joy, but he can steer us away from the forgiveness healing, prosperity, and restoration that are byproducts of our salvation. The enemy's strategy many times is the same one he used on King David. He causes us to sin. Nothing will rob us of the joy of the Lord as effectively as sin in our lives. 
But these are days in which God is longing to restore joy to his people through deeper levels of repentance. In repairing the breaches that sin has caused, God is able to restore joy. Proverbs 17.22 says, A merry heart does good like medicine. Joy works like a medicine and brings healing to our bones. It brings with it the power to heal and maintain the health God has for us. Even though David sinned and lost his joy, we see from Psalm 51 that he was able to ask the Lord to restore joy to him. Some of us need to have our joy restored in this season. Through the blood of Christ, we are positioned with even greater favor than King David had to ask the Lord to forgive us and restore the joy of our salvation. My prayer is that you will be filled with restoration, victory, and healing to become the joy carrier you were destined to be, to enter into a new dimension of joy. And this brings me to the sound of joy. My life is filled with music. I love all types of music. The people I minister with are musical, gifted musicians. They are worshipers. In heaven, worship and musical sound are one. In most church services and events, music and sound set the atmosphere for the release of God's will into the place. I think that's evident here on Sunday mornings and in other gatherings that we have. I never know exactly where Holy Spirit will lead us to until we start worshiping corporately. Sometimes a song of the Lord comes out about healing. Sometimes we begin declaring through song corporately that he alone is holy or he alone is faithful. Or sometimes it becomes a more prophetic atmosphere and we begin prophesying and decreeing. Holy Spirit leads us into what God's will is for that time, for that moment. The sound of joy is in you. And as the people of God, we must release that sound. No matter what our natural circumstances or situations dictate, and no matter what we feel physically, we have a sound of joy to release. As we release the sound of joy from the earth, he releases his joy from heaven, based on Psalm 1611. It says, in his presence there is fullness of joy, and at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. That joy becomes our strength to produce supernatural victory. Heaven is filled with sound because heaven is filled with worship. When we enter the throne room and come boldly before the Lord, we have access to the same worship sounds of heaven. Worship, sound, and music are important. Sounds that lead you into movement and worship will cause your conscience to remain in alignment with God. The conscience is one of the absolute authorities of our life, and when it is aligned and interacting with the Word of God, the window remains clear and open. The conscience is the eye of our spirit that causes us to see into the heavenly realms so you can see and receive the sound of the Lord. Unshakable praise must keep going forth in your life. Unshakable praise plows through the hardest ground. When the ground is hard, when the circumstances are adverse, God's favor is on the one who will praise. Worship is the key to your release of joy. The Word of God tells us to submit ourselves to God, draw near to Him, and then resist the devil. I believe that as we worship and submit ourselves to a holy God, we gain His perspective. 
Even though we walk here on the earth, in our times of worship, we ascend into heaven. As we individually seek God and ascend into the throne room, we can hear the sound of heaven in our spirit man on earth. Each of you have a sound that is needed. And I believe that God is blowing his mighty wind and shifting and changing times and circumstances. He is bringing us into a place where we can release our unique sound of joy and victory. Each of you have your own sound because each of you are walking through your own personal circumstances. Your sound won't sound like the person next to you. When I had that vision of this place filled with the thunderous sound of joy, there were so many different expressions happening. As I looked around, I saw some people who were spinning wildly and crying out in praise, and I saw others who were on their knees with their hands raised. Some were shouting, some were singing, some were crying. I don't believe it's just one expression, but it will be linked together with others, creating a harmonious, beautiful symphony of praise to our King. And the harmonious sounds are those of joy and victory. And I believe we're stepping into this season of joy and victory because God is going to turn some things around. He is going to take impossible situations and turn them completely around. There will be healings, there will be notable miracles, and we won't be able to hold back our sound of joy. When I referenced Exodus 15 earlier where we saw God take an impossible situation and turn it around for Israel, the Israelites were faced with the great Red Sea in front of them and the armies and chariots of Pharaoh bearing down on them, and it seemed they had no way out. But God did something that was not even in their consideration. He opened the sea. That had never been done before. They didn't even know they could put their faith out for something like that. It was so supernatural and surprising. And what we know and have been hearing is that God has some supernatural surprises on the calendar. What God does in these next days will be both supernatural and surprising, and it will lead us into a sound of joy and victory. As we exercise our authority and faith, we will see things that will blow our minds. The Lord wants to sing songs of healing and songs of deliverance over us. If we will worship the Lord and listen for his voice, I believe we will hear new songs flowing from the throne of God to touch us, to heal us, to set us free, so that we can be empowered to change the world. There's such an incredible wind of refreshing blowing out of heaven that is filling us with the breath of God. We all need to shift into an expectation in our spirit to be listening for the sounds of heaven. It seems to me that God is confirming his word for this time. And you may be thinking, this all sounds well and good, but I don't see anything yet. I don't hear anything yet. Nothing has changed for me. And I could say the same thing. I've been believing for a specific creative miracle in my family's life for over 10 years now. I don't see anything yet with my natural eyes, but with my spiritual eyes and ears, I'm hearing the sound of his wind as it is starting to blow. And I've been hearing and even seeing rain with my spiritual ears and eyes. It's been happening during our corporate worship times. 
And that's when you'll hear me sometimes sing out phrases during our spontaneous worship like, the wind is blowing or, you know, healing rain is falling. I'm singing that because that's what I'm seeing and hearing in the spirit realm. Winds of refreshing, winds of deliverance, winds of turnaround, winds of joy to strengthen us, rains of healing. This is going to be a turnaround season for the body of Christ. The past may have had you saying, when, Lord, why, Lord, or even this again, Lord. But this season, those cries will turn into shouts and cries of joy as we are stepping into a season of victory and celebration. Those who have sown in tears will reap with joy. I felt so strongly in my prayer and preparation for today that some of you need to hear that God sees you. He is El Roy, the God who sees you. He has seen your tears, he's heard your cries, and he's telling you a new day is dawning. Your weeping is coming to an end and joy is being restored. It's a new day, it's a new season. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can know what God has in store. As I was going over this message and got to this part, Holy Spirit stopped me and he said, tell them this. So that's what I'm going to do. He said, I will redeem all of your story, every wound, physical or spiritual, every sorrow, every loss, all of it. I am turning your sad song into a joyous sound of victory. So I just want to stop right here and say, God, do it. Turn every situation and work it for good in the name of Jesus. Step into situations and turn them around in Jesus' name. Redeem every single part of it in your mighty name. Amen. The joy of the Lord is our strength as we go into this next season. There is a joyous sound of high praise that is going to erupt from us and from this place. A sound of those who have been healed, who have been redeemed, who have been restored. A sound of those who have seen supernatural and surprising things and are rejoicing mightily. I'd like to ask the worship team to go ahead and come. In the vision Holy Spirit gave me, I saw sickness and disease thrown out. I saw addictions, sin, heart wounds, soul wounds completely thrown out. What do you need thrown out today? What do you need restored in your life? As we continue to press into his presence, and the more we spend time with him, the more we know his voice. And the more we spend time with him, the more we can hear the sounds of heaven. Declare that your victory will manifest. Declare that the joy of the Lord is your strength. I want us to spend a few moments in his presence this morning. And I just want you to worship and press in and hear what God is saying to you about your present circumstance. Get the word from him and then begin decreeing it over your situation, over your circumstance, over your life. If you'd like prayer this morning, the altar will be open. If you need prayer for renewed strength, for a restoration of joy, if you need healing, or if you'd just like to come kneel at the altar and pray on your own, that's okay too. But feel free to do that as we worship. But let's seal this word in our heart. I am expectant for what God is going to do in this season. Let's go ahead and stand with us.
We thank you, God, for turnarounds. We thank you for healings. We thank you for what you are doing right now in this time, in this moment, in this season. So God, right now I just pray, power of the living God, break in. Break into situations, break into circumstances, break into lives. Transform and restore broken hearts, souls, minds. God, your word says that goodness and mercy will follow us, so help us see and recognize your goodness in our lives. God, we put our situations, our current circumstances into your hands, knowing that you hold the power to turn it for our good. We decree today that you are parting the waters and making ways for us. Let hope and expectation rise in us today. You are who you say you are, and you will do what you say you'll do. Faithful God, we honor you today. We exalt you. We bless you. I decree your faithfulness and greatness over every person here, over every, every family represented. God, I thank you for perfecting our stories, for releasing breakthrough and favor on us. You alone are worthy of all the glory, all the honor. We magnify you in this place today, God. We thank you for your promises. We trust that you're writing a good story for us. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Have a blessed week, everyone.